Kimberly Lovey podcast. I am your host, Kimberly Lovey. Today I am joined by my one and only most special guest ever that I've ever had on the show, besides maybe dad, dun dun dun, my mother, Joyce. Joyce, welcome to the podcast, mom. Hello. How are you? Good, really good. First of all, thank you so much for being on. I've been dying to have you on my podcast because, well, you're my best friend. Thanks for having me. <laughs> She's nervous. Are you nervous, Mom? No, I just don't like to do public speaking or be the center of attention. Oh, well, that's unfortunate because we have a big milestone birthday coming up, and I hate to tell you, but you're going to be at the center of it. <laughs> what birthday are you going to have, Mom? 70. Woo! That is amazing. Do you feel like you're going to be 70? No, I don't feel it at all. That's so amazing. I love that. I can't wait. I hope I'm like that when I'm 70, just like I hope to... you're better than I am at 70. <laughs> Thank you. Well, so mom, I wanted to have you on because you are definitely kind of the backbone of me and Jen's success alongside dad, of course. But, you know, I just recently had my second daughter and I feel like you really are kind of like a I hate to use the term, but maybe it's the most appropriate. You're like the alpha female, like you're the queen bee. You're the beacon of strength, and you've taught Jen and I to be super strong, super independent women. I would like to speak with you about raising strong, independent, confident young women, because today I feel like the world has gotten so much more complicated, and I feel like any kind of wisdom you could give us would be fantastic as far as tips for raising strong, independent confident women, young women, as my friends and I are, and my listeners, a lot of us are newer moms. So mom, where are you from? Let's tell the people. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Wow, that's cold. Okay, and then how many kids were in your family? Five. So five siblings. So tell us about- I was number three out of five, middle child. Okay, tell the people that briefly about that story, how how you came to be, who came before you, and how did it go down? Well. The middle child in a family of five is often the strongest one, which turned out to be true because you're the one that's really lost between one and two and four and five. And I just remember entertaining myself, making up games, playing school, creative thinking for hours at a time with no toys. We didn't have toys then. We had, I had a desk in my bedroom and I, I had my own little classroom. I had of pretend children and I would play school and that probably lasted about two years of my growing up which was a long time because when you grow up in a place where there's where the climate is cold Mm -hmm. you are indoors a lot yeah and there was no organized sports we didn't have a lot of money and so I found ways to entertain myself I would either I would go to the library I took sewing lessons And then it turned out after that, I made all my clothes and I made my sister's clothes. And that took a lot of time. And and I just always, I I would get stacks of books from the library, like 10 or 11 at a time. We would go every three weeks. My mother would drop us off and pick us up. And I would exercise alone in my bedroom. Uh, on a regular basis, even as a, as a teen, I would, because I, somehow I knew it was important. I, I didn't, that, back then there was no connection between activity and health. 
but somehow I knew it was important to keep yourself in shape and limber and keep your muscles stretched and and warm. Wow, that's you were ahead of your time, Mom. And I also, even we didn't have organized sports, but in the winter time we went um, skiing once a week. And then as I got older, and we went on our own, my mother would drop us off at the Jewish Center bus, and we'd get to the ski resort, and about 45 minutes away, it was on um, a school night, on a Tuesday night, and we would go to class, and nobody had to tell us to go to class, it was just what you did. You went to class and then you had free skiing afterwards. So I, I just knew what I had to do. So the oldest two, they were adopted because your mom thought yeah. that she was infertile, right? right? How old was she then? Do you have any idea? Early 30s. Wow. Okay. And then what happened? What? How did she conceive you? I mean, we know how she conceived you, but I mean, what happened? What's the, the old oh. wives' tale about? Oh, the old wives' tale was, well, they she did go through investigation to find out why. And, it, and of course, in those days, 70 years ago, they had very little to go on. And one day she fell in the grocery store on the wood floor and she fell so hard that she felt that everything was knocked loose. <laughs> and what was the name of the grocery store? Bell's IGA. Oh my gosh, is that grocery store still there? Uh, no, it is not. Oh, okay. Okay, so then you were conceived and you were her first uh, I was conceived, natural. then she had three children every year after that. Crazy. Okay, so your point about having all these children and being lost in the middle, I actually feel like one thing I was thinking that could be a potential benefit of having a third child is that it would force my children to be more independent. So it's interesting hearing from you from a family of five that you were basically forced to be independent, correct? Right. I was forced to be independent. I had to do everything by myself to take care of myself. Nobody did anything for me. Um, my mother was too busy. Her main thing was cleaning and cooking. And tell us how she would cook a dinner. Oh, she would cook a dinner. It was like it was like a smorgasbord every night because mm -hmm. she had to feed five kids. I like how you said that word, by the way. And it was, you know, she would she would have fruit she would have a salad she would have two starches she, she would have milk because boys when you have three boys in a the family they drink a heck of a lot of milk because they grow so fast in their teenage years oh my god and That's dessert insane. would be uh day-old uh bakery products wow but she would be constantly cooking and baking bread she, and she was, making everything she was constantly cooking she made bread she made homemade noodles she made, she was baking, she was, she was constantly in the kitchen. She was like the queen of being a housewife. Cause so, and then your dad is reti was retired military, right? And then he had the motels, correct? No, he had, a, he had the outdoor store first, the army Navy oh, store. Right. Mm -hmm. That was the, the beginning. And then he had two uh, hotels in the downtown area of Buffalo. Okay, so I was telling Carter during uh, Memorial Day about Grandpa Clancy, about your father. Can you briefly, in a few sentences, tell folks about his military background? Well, he was, first of all, he was a man's man. And he, um, he was in the military for at least four years. I, I, and he went in the military as an officer because he was a college graduate. Mm -hmm. 
they needed competent people to, you know, keep keep the soldiers, instruct the soldiers. Mm-hmm. And he fought in Germany at the Battle of Remagen and was awarded. Makes us emotional because we're so proud of him. Yeah. It's pretty, he, he was pretty uh, impressive. He was an impressive guy. And he also had the stature to go along with it. He was big. Yeah, how big? I was going to ask you. Was he 6'4"? He was six foot three, six foot four, and he was very big boned, and yeah. he wasn't fat at all. No, he was like a big, beefy, like hunky dude. He, yeah, he was, and, yeah. He, and he always exercised every night. That's probably where oh, I. Oh, really? The, yeah, he would lift weights every night before he went to bed. At home? Yeah. Wow. But in the morning, he would lift weights twice a day. Amazing. Yeah. And he was madly in love with Wilma. Madly. Yeah. And they actually were writing letters. We have all the letters, hundreds of letters that they wrote between the two of them, which should truly be turned into a movie. So if anyone out there wants handwritten letters from the 1940s when he was in the war. Uh, and he was freeing Jews in Germany. Yes, he liberated the concentration camps. That's incredible. And then he got a gold star and a... Bronze star. Bronze star and a purple heart for bravery. Yes. Correct? Yes, Actually, it might be a silver star. might be a silver star in the Purple Heart. Amazing. So one is for injury and one is for bravery, correct? Uh, I'm not really Didn't sure. Didn't he get hit in the leg? He broke, His leg was broken. Wow. That's amazing. Okay, so basically you come from this, like, badass, like, fi- like line of, you know, your father being this big beefcake, you know, hunky man's man, and then Wilma just crushing it in the kitchen. And then all the women in your family were super strong women, correct? Super strong on my mother's side. They were all independent women. They owned a house when they were in their 30s. And that was unusual for single women to own their own house. And how they maintained it was they would take in boarders mm-hmm. in their extra bedrooms that weren't being used. And it was like a B&B of today. Was that on Wilma's side or Clancy's uh, side? Wilma's side. And who were, who were, the, who were they? They were my aunts. I know, but who was your grandmother on each side? Oh, okay. It was Grandma. It was Grandma Frank. We called her, or Margaret. And that was on Wilma's my side. mother's side. Uh huh. And she, and she was, she died at eighty-eight years old, and she was strong as a horse. A small woman, though. Very, very intelligent, um, well-spoken, and worked as a um, cook for the famous families in the Buffalo area. Oh wow! Yeah. Like a private chef. Yeah. Okay. And then my mother, my grandmother Mary, on my father's side, was also a strong woman. She came from uh, Odessa, I believe, I'm not really sure, Russia, which Odessa today is in the Ukraine, by the way. Wow. And uh, she also, she helped run the Army-Navy store and my father called her chief because she was the boss of everything that she did. I love this. Okay, so now here we are. So I've got two daughters. You raised me and Jen. What did, what's your stance on the working mom versus the stay-at-home mom? Like, I just feel like this is something I personally have struggled with, and I feel like a lot of my really smart, independent, hardworking girlfriends have struggled with it. I think Jen's probably struggling with it. Like, what, what's the vibe? What, what do you think about well, all of it? It's, it's difficult, but when I did it, 
there wasn't those high-powered tech jobs that we were competing for. We were competing for income or career mm -hmm. um, because you needed two incomes. When I was in the 30-year span that I raised my children from 1981 and, until now, yep. uh, actually, it's maybe in a 20-year span. There was a period where you just needed the money, the income. And also, I felt I had a career as a dietitian, and I loved what I did. When I went to work every day, work was not a problem. It was something that I just did. I never called it work. You and, loved it. And I did that for 40 years. And yes. you have just the strongest work ethic and the most, you have the most boundless energy of anyone I've ever met in my life. Like you love to get up and do things. Like you came in the other day and started washing bottles from all my pumping and feeding the baby and you washed like probably 50 bottles. You just like crushed it and like moved on with your day. Yeah, I never, I never slept in. I got up early to go exercise, you know, to squeeze in, you know, a class to keep myself in shape. And I cleaned my house. I didn't, we couldn't afford to have a, a house cleaner. So I would also be in charge of cleaning the house plus working full-time, plus raising the kids. That's ridiculous. That's way too much. You know what I always remember you saying to me and Jen, whatever you do, go for the gold. Like, where did that come from? I just feel like there's just this burning spirit about because you. Because the thing is, why waste your time doing something if you're not going to do it as best as you can? You have to put your best foot forward in everything that you do. Otherwise, move on to something else. Okay. I like that. I think that's a really good takeaway. Yeah, that's good. You know, when I see Charlotte, I just like, I, there's something about her that is exactly you. Like she's competitive. She has tons of energy. She's laughing all the time. Like she is a mini me of you. And I just feel like some people are just born that way. I feel like, were you just born that way? Yes, you're, you're born that way. I don't believe that you can teach initiative. Hmm. I think it's something that you're born with. Yeah. Like we always say Carter just could not care less. Like if, if you could go get him things and wait on him, he'd love it. Charlotte is like, I'll do it myself. She's Miss Independent. She wants to do things herself. Right. And, and you'll have to nurture that with her. Yeah. What do you think about how women are dating or how they see men? Like I like what you, how you raised us. Like instead of being intimidated or afraid to date, what would you like tell us? Treat men just like what? Just like people, just like another person. They're not any, they're just another human, just like you are. They're the same. They're created, you know, all people are created equal. But meanwhile, this comes from a woman who's literally still breaking hearts at 70 years old almost. <laughs> like the men literally die for my mom. Like she is such a heartbreaker. It's, it's crazy. Remember when you went to your high school reunion and, and what happened? Tell us that. This is ridiculous. I, would, I dated this boy in high school, and I was deeply in love with him. You know, high school, I, I yeah. was. Mm -hmm. And he dropped me after about a year and a half, and I was really, really devastated. It took me a long time to get over him. And when I met him at my 10-year reunion, he said to me, I never should have given you up. And he says, I still have your picture on my dresser. And I said, that was the biggest mistake you ever made. <laughs> Wait, in your high school reunion, how what 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 number reunion? How many years? I think it was like, ten. Ten or twenty. 
No, I think I it think was, was later. 20. It was like at least 20. It was it was 20, I believe. Because I remember you telling me that. And remember, you came home and we like could not believe that that guy still had a picture of you on his dresser. I know. And he never married, by the way. OMG. And wasn't he bald or something? Uh, no. He, oh, he, he was very bald. No. Oh. He, he was extremely handsome. Even when you saw him again? Yes. Really? That's so fascinating. Wow. Um, so yeah, so here you are a heartbreaker, but you treat men just like friends. And then I think that they just love it. It like drives them crazy. I don't know. She's shrugging like she has no idea what's in her mojo. But uh, I love it because there's a lot of women out there that are very intimidated of dating men and vice versa, I'm sure. But I just think it's so great. Like your attitude towards the other gender or whatever is just so nonchalant and maybe it's because you were raised in like a boy girl household it could be could be but I, I i never was intimidated by men ever you're like a boss you just treat them exactly like you I, treat anybody else huh? i treated them the same as everybody else yeah and you also never wanted us to get married too soon how come and like have kids too soon you never pushed that I never pushed marriage. I never pushed boyfriends in high school. That's the worst thing you can do is push boyfriends on your children or girlfriends on your children. They're too young in high school. It's, it's not necessary. They right. need to be working on themselves, like going skiing up in the mountains for a few days with, with girlfriends, just doing you know, working on themselves, doing if they have schoolwork, do their, doing their schoolwork. Yeah, I like that. It, not to be distracted. I actually would like to see Charlotte in an all-girls school, but Brian's not having that. You'll decide. Or a boarding school. What's the one where Paris Hilton got like abused? I want to. I'd like boarding to, school. You don't want to send. I'd like to sign up for that one for Charlotte, please. I think London's my sweet one. Speaking of little Lundy, 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 I think she is just waking up. So she's going to come join us. Mom, I, I'm going to ask before we get the baby, are you excited for Jen to have a baby? Yes, I am. Okay, talk, can I'm, you talk about it for a minute while I go get the baby and then she's going to uh, come join I'm us? I'm happy that she's going to have a second child. They'll have a two-child family. Mm-hmm. And her husband was, didn't, did not want to have a, an only child. And I hope it's a girl, and I think it's a girl, because I think she'll have a nice family that'll take her through her lifetime. And I don't think she'll realize how important it is to have a, a nice, well, well-rounded family, and two children will do that for her. So I think it's going to be hard for her in the beginning, but as time goes on, it gets easier when you raise kids, when they can communicate effectively and when they could start doing things for themselves it, it gets a lot easier so I think that she'll eventually come around I agree with you I completely agree now I do have to take a quick pause because little baby London has arrived what do you think of the baby London mom she looks like you I'm really happy you finally got one that looked like you <laughs> finally do you think she's the cutest she thing does ever? look a little bit like Charlotte though yeah, people say that. I think she's going to be my really sweet one, don't you? I think they're all going to be sweet. Yeah. What do you think of me having three kids? Are you surprised? Well, I'm really happy that you have three kids. And the spacing between Charlotte and London will give you a chance to really focus on this child as she grows. Yes. 
I agree. And enjoy her. And not, not really focus, but enjoy her. Yeah, because before I was so stressed out working, and it was hard to, I mean, I wasn't even really here. Hi, London. So nobody's going to get lost in the crowd because they're, they're spaced apart. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and so what do you think Jen's having, a boy or a girl? A girl. How come? My intuition. Your intuition's telling you? Yes. Okay, I wasn't really sure, but I looked at her yesterday because tomorrow, she, or wait, today, she's 28 weeks, I think? Yeah, she's 28 weeks. So I looked at her yesterday and I was like, girl, she just looks wider. And then this weekend, we're finally, we have to tell people, what are we doing this weekend? We're having a baby shower. Finally, you guys, my sister's baby shower got canceled back in March. She was due with her first baby. So March 2020, she was due in May. In March, we were going to have her baby shower and pandemic hit. She never got her baby shower. So finally, two years later, we're hosting a baby shower. I really think she could care absolutely, like she could care less. I think the baby shower is more for me than for her. Don't you agree? I agree completely. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like feverishly planning it. I'm so excited for her to finally get her baby shower. And um, yeah, I think it'll be great. So that'll be this Sunday. I'm super excited just for her to have that experience. Yeah, I think it'll be nice for her. Yeah, absolutely. Right, little Lundy, you little cutie? Yes, she'll probably start talking. I feel like London and Carter are going to be having like their own podcast one day because they both talk your ear off. And London's only three months old. Don't you think? Yeah, and Charlotte's a thinker. She's a thinker? She's a thinker. She is? Really? She notices things, She, but she doesn't comment. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like she's like action-packed, too. She is, but she doesn't comment on everything like Carter likes to comment on everything. Carter is meant to be a, a commentator. He could be a commentator on anything. Yep. He, he really could. does need his own podcast. Okay, so as far as raising my girls and anyone out there, like, do you think that girls should be stay-at-home moms or do you think that they should work or just, like, what, what's the advice that you think I should be giving my, my daughters? Honestly, I think they should work. How come? Because they'll get a different type of satisfaction out of that and have a family also. So am I like your greatest disappointment since I quit my big job and now I'm just staying home? Well, you know, the type of job that you were in was very competitive and it was difficult for women to make their way in a man's world. It's still the same. And I think yours was a, a different circumstance. You know what job, Jen and I were just saying this, you know what job I think is great for a woman that wants children? A nurse. A nurse. Why wasn't I and a you know nurse? What? Parents do have influence on what their children become. Where they go to school mm -hmm. is important, and parents have influence on that. How come you didn't want us to go to college? When you say go to school, you mean college. college. How come you didn't want us to go out of state? Because I lived apart from my mother my whole entire life, and I, and I didn't want to promote the idea that you would meet a guy and settle in your college area when we had good schools in California and you could take full advantage of those opportunities. Oh, so you're saying you actually did like us enough where you wanted us to stay close to you? Yes. Oh, she never admitted that until just now. <laughs> yeah, and then I moved a mile from you. Yes. And I say, what do I always say to you? It's, it's still way too 
way too far. far. <laughs> yeah. It takes five minutes for me to drive here. Yeah, I wish that we lived next door. Anyway, so... Anyway. Okay, so you think that the girls should be working, that they should be nurses? And if your children are bright, they need to go to a large university as opposed to a small, insulated school. How come? Because you get, you get more exposure to um, the public, the world. It, it's more exposure. When you're at a little insulated college, you don't get any of the, those experiences. You don't have the sports experience. You don't have the... the Sorority fraternities? I, yeah, I, I can't really speak for that, but I also don't like sororities and fraternities. Never did. Mm -hmm. um, don't think they're necessary in college. A business fraternity, yes. And the business fraternity, as it turned out, was a better... Yeah. It was a better thing for you. It was. And you may not have a business fraternity at a small school. A large school with a good reputation matters. Mm. It does. Would you consider like Harvard and Stanford and all those fancy Ivy League schools, big schools? Oh, absolutely. And all the UC schools, those, those are like premier schools. Yeah. But going to these small insulated colleges doesn't do you any good whatsoever. It just propagates your, it keeps you in your, in your small, cocoon. Yeah, in a small world. It, is, it keeps you in a small world, and it's not. And you're, so to that end, speaking of that, do you also think that public school is better than private school? I can't really speak for private school, but public school, well, first of all, a good student will thrive anywhere, period, end of the story. A bad student will not thrive in any school, whether it's public or private. Okay, I have to pause on that because, so my friend Mike, Mike and Kelly Markowitz, his father Arnie, who very sadly just passed away unexpectedly, I want to say that he said the same thing to me about six weeks ago when we were talking. About what did he say? He said, I was talking to him about our kids, you know, and the school thing that, you know, we're moving around schools and things. and. He said, you know, the cream always rises to the, the, top. the top. Absolutely. And I was like, that's exactly what my mom always told us. So the bigger issue, it seems like, is work ethic. How do you instill work ethic into your children, though? You make them do things for themselves early on. Like what type? Like little things? Big little things. things. Like putting like their clothes away, getting themselves dressed, carrying their own backpack. How do you feel that I'm doing in that department, honestly speaking? Not great. She's giving me a look like, girl, bye. You think I do too much for my kids or what? I think too much is done for your kids. Yeah. Like, for example, be specific. I think it's too many material things in their environment. I definitely agree with that. Because it doesn't allow for their creativity. Uh-huh. And um, making them, like... As they get a little older, counter height, they would come home and they would unload, unload their own backpacks, you know, put things in the sink, whatever they do. I like the fact that you, they carry their plates over to the, to the uh, dishwasher. Uh, when we're done with dinner. And when they get older and counter height in the kitchen, they should be have ki kitchen chores to do. Yep. You know, helping load the dishwasher, unload the dishwasher, you know, things like that, like, a, you know, just basic household chores. They, and they need to 
take care of their own things properly instead mm -hmm. of, well, I don't know, I don't know. Like yeah. a good example would be their clothing. Yeah, like hang up your your clothes. Hang up your clothes, but you know, set it up so they're able to do that. Right. I agree completely. You know, I've been noticing that there's a correlation between work ethic and confidence, and I think that a lot of stay-at-home moms, especially someone like myself who's very kind of driven and goal-oriented, it's tough to find that confidence as a stay-at-home mom, but I absolutely see that people that have hard work ethic and they accomplish something, they have more confidence because they feel like I've done something today. Like, what do you think that relationship is between work ethic and confidence? Well, you feel like you can do everything, so you just do it. I don't yeah, know. I agree with you. I think that the more you do, the more you do. And I really do think, like even with the kids, you can see that when they accomplish something, whether it's a new skill, whatever it is, when you're working hard at something and you achieve something, I feel like that's what really helps breed confidence. I, I don't know how you build in confidence. I think that might be something that is also natured. Inherent. Inherent. It could be nurtured, but I think it's also in your nature if you're confident. Yeah. Like, I think Charlotte's very confident. I actually worry mostly about Carter's confidence, but I try and get him to work hard at something. For example, reading was difficult at first. And by the way, I know this is not just my child because I have all my friends that half their kids are not even reading and, you know, well, it's a struggle. Carter is extremely bright. Right. And but so he's also hyper aware of things going on around him and what people think and all of that. And I think it messes with your confidence sometimes when you're overly aware because I'm like that too. Right. So that's something that, that if you're aware of it, you, you could work on that with him. You know, like I tell him a lot, of, several times I've told him, Carter, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like he'll sit there and plan out like, for example, okay. So he, he'll like obsess about things. And part of that is like the control he gets more comfort in knowing what to expect, which is good. I think all of us like to know what to expect. Like, for example, if you're going to a party, you want to know what time is the party, where is the party, and who will be at the party? How should I dress for the party? Like things that are like, it's, but it's more adult line of thinking. Carter's like that too. And it's just odd because he's so young, but then he also will like obsess about it. So I find giving him more information so he knows what to expect actually helps quell it. Okay, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, but like when he finally started reading, now all of a sudden he's like so confident, he loves it, but he's had to work at it, you know? And I just feel like making your kids spoiled and lazy takes away confidence from them. Absolutely, it takes away confidence because then they don't learn to do anything. Yeah, and then they don't know how to do anything and then they don't have that confidence. And a strict teacher is where you also get confidence hmm. because you have to meet their standards. And he is capable of meeting any standard in any classroom at any grade level as he progresses. He is. He is, yeah. I definitely think Charlotte's more the athlete. <laughs> she's, she's also very aware of her surroundings and what's going on. You think so, but quietly, way more quietly, huh? She doesn't comment on it. Wow. Really? Yes. Do you think she's just as smart as he is? I can't really tell, but most likely she's bright. I, I, you know, I could see that because she notices things. She, she's not lazy in her thinking. 
Well, Mimi walks in and she goes, Mimi, where are your new earrings today? <laughs> she asked me yesterday why I have sandals on. <laughs> I mean, who notices other people's shoes? My husband. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. Okay, what do you think of Bobby? She's the best. She's the turnkey grandma. Isn't she? She's the best. You're lucky. I know. I'm like, she's literally iconic. Isn't she iconic? Yes. Yeah. I have a whole bunch of icons walking around my family, I have to say. Yeah. There's Mrs. Goldstein, which is you. And we have Bobby who comes in. She, I was trying to figure out if we're going to get like a nanny or a helper, mother's helper, or what to do to help me raise these kids for a short time before London's in school. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what I need? I need a Bobby. I need someone that does the things Bobby does. Bobby rolls up her sleeves and does whatever it is. And you do that too, actually. But she loves the playing with the kids part, whereas you and I, not so much. We're not so into that. Go. No. We're more into like the cleaning, the cooking and cleaning. She's like interested in like hanging with the kids. Yeah. Do you know she brought a sheet, a bed sheet over so that they could build better forts with her when she came here? Like she just didn't even bother mentioning it to me. I just overheard it. I'm like, what bed sheet? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> oh, she's terrific. She's absolutely terrific in every aspect. There's there's nobody better. We call her the turnkey grandma. Like, you know, a turnkey house where you don't you walk in and you don't have to do anything to it because it's yeah. perfect. That's yeah, her. She's perfect. She is perfect. Obsessed. And I love your relationship with her because it's not like competitive. Like you hear these grandmas that are like competitive and it's like oh, so do? weird. Yeah, it's so weird. It's not our vibe. I, like I, I think I, they try and like be the favorite grandma. Whereas like in our, our family dynamic is like everyone contributes in our own yeah, respective I, I wouldn't way. Even, it, that wouldn't even cross my mind. I know. I love that about you. You're not like a jealous person at all. You're never jealous. Never jealous. Never you're been never, jealous. You're competitive in your sports. Wait, tell the people about your activities. After you retired, tell people all the different activities you did. Oh, this my is gosh. ridiculous. I joined a bowling team. Uh-huh. And you had the cutest bowling leggings. And I became the high, <laughs> yeah, and I became the high bowler on our team. Yeah. And your grand, your my grandmother, Wilma, used to bowl, correct? Yeah. My mother used to bowl. My father used to bowl. Uh-huh. Because you know those were the activities you did in those days. Because they, they do were, tennis. Th no, golf? because it, it bowling was indoor, and when you yeah. live in a cold climate, you need indoor activities. Right, right. That makes sense. Yep. So they didn't do golf or tennis because it wasn't. My father did golf, and tennis was not popular. That that wasn't. Wait, Grandpa Clancy did golf. Oh, really? Totally. Was he a part of a country club? Uh, I no, we we didn't. No, he wasn't in a golf club. Okay. So he would go play where? He would go play in all kinds of places. He was... Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what he did, but he was definitely a golfer. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. So you were doing... Okay, bowling. You became... you and tell Oh, tell us about how you were being silly about it and what the woman said and how it changed your mindset. Oh, when I first joined bowling, I never bowled before in my life. And our team, we were all beginner bowlers. And we were like oh, always last every week, you know. And we'd make <laughs> a big... You know, and we'd laugh about it and just go off to lunch and say, oh, la-di-da-da-da-da. So this woman came up to me and she said, Joyce, if you're going to bowl, take it seriously. 
and she really changed my mind about the sport because I said to myself, if I'm not going to take this seriously, which it, it's another example of putting your best foot forward, if I'm not going to do that, why should I bother? Because that's going to be pretty boring after, after six months when you're continuously coming in last. last. So I decided I took private lessons and I've learned to bowl properly mm -hmm. and I became a, a very good bowler. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. I love that you did that. Okay, and then what else? I would do swimming at the YMCA. Uh-huh. Um, one or two days a week. I would ride my bike every single day. Amazing. And what else did I do? And then you'd do your walking. I would do my with, walking every day too. So during the summer hours, it was your triathlon season. Yeah. You'd do all three. Yes. <laughs> amazing. That's why you're in such amazing shape. Well. And you eat so well ridiculously well well I've always tried to eat well yeah absolutely that's another thing if you're gonna do it do it do it right and do it well it just goes back to the basics well I need to get Brian and I on that train and also you're an amazing cook how did you learn to cook so well mom I watched my mother but she never gave you like she gave you a couple recipes but did she cook with the recipe uh, no she she was able to do it from her head no. That's how I cook, like just from sight, watching yeah. you do it. Yeah. Yeah, you're literally the top chef in the family, I have to tell you. You're cooking there. You know your mother's cooking? Like I have memories of being a child and smelling my mother's cooking. There's just nothing like it when you cook for us now because we get together every Sunday and my mom, basically my job is to go get the groceries and design the menu and then she'll come in and cook it. Man, she can cook, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it comes natural to me. It's not like a thing that I have to think about. I know, and you do it in five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. How are you feeling now? Are you feeling less anxious now that we've been podcasting for uh, 45 minutes? Yes. <laughs> Isn't it fun? Yeah, it is fun. Just wait till you actually hear it on Apple and Spotify. You're going to really love it. People get so anxious about podcasting and then... As soon as they're sitting here with me, I just do it on my couch. I don't make it a big to-do. I don't, right? And it's just so natural and so yeah, fabulous. It's very natural. You make it very easy. Thank you. Yeah. And you know something? If anybody out there is dying to try something like podcasting, I mean, I will say it's a lot of back-end work, but you have a voice and your voice matters. And I would just say, even if you're not sure what you would talk about, Believe me, you just sitting down and sharing little nuggets of wisdom, kind of like my mom and I did today, like it'll be, it's helpful. So don't be afraid. I remember I was so afraid to podcast and now I'm like, I was made for this. Yeah. Do you think I should become a serious podcaster? What do you think I should do for the rest of my life? Well, I see you actually helping Brian in the future. You do? Really? With restaurants or real estate? Oh, whatever. I, I don't know what their family is actually involved in, but whatever is there you will have to help take care of yeah brian is so smart he's so low-key smart isn't he yes insane like dad yeah who do you think smarter me or brian be honest <laughs> probably brian yeah he tells me that all the time by the way but i feel like it's by one iq point could be <laughs> could be could be 
All right. So are you ready to wrap this, Mom? Yep. All right. I just want to say thank you, Mom, for joining. This has been super fun. I love you so much, and you're a natural. So thank you. I really appreciate you coming on. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again, same time, same place next week.